thinking that Ein Zayin Amud Aleph, how to let a person go, when you separate, whether it's separating from a position that you've held or, the, or a divorce in a marriage, uh, there's sadness, there's loss. Uh, but there's also an element of, of gifting because the person has a, a new beginning, an opportunity for a new beginning. There's a new sense of freedom and independence. And sometimes it's quite hard to be able to appreciate the opportunity in a loss. We're so overwhelmed with the sadness of the loss that it's often not easy to be able to separate it out and say, yes, there's sadness, there's loss. Uh, on the other hand, there are opportunities for new beginnings. And it's incumbent upon the person causing the separation, the husband in the case of a, of, of a get, certainly from a halakhic perspective, the husband initiates the get, it's not always the case. And although a woman midoraisa can, can, doesn't really have an option if a man wants to terminate the marriage, uh, of course, in, in, today, in terms of the tachonis that we have of today, a woman has to agree to a get. Uh, but meikaradin, if you look at the construction of the get in the pure Torah law, uh, a, a man initiates it. And in doing so, the same as a manager can initiate the firing of an employee. In, in doing so, it's important to empower the person separating with that sense of newfound independence and freedom so that it's not all negative, that they're able to emerge from the sense of loss and be able to move into a different place. And we learn a lot of that from, from the sugya and particularly from the way the posuk is worded in the Torah. Uh, the Meshachochma, as you'll see further on, just talks about it. It's so amazing how much wisdom in the minute details of the wording of the psukim of the Torah, if one understands them correctly. So it's the same posuk we've been working with almost the entire Masechta. He wants to divorce her. He writes her a get. Those are the words we're concentrating on today. And he shall give the get over into her hand, is, is what he needs to do. Uh, the difficulty is that the word yad means a limb, it means a hand, and the yad, word yad also means authority. Where do we see that? We see that in Parshas Chukas. Because Cheshbon, which, which Bnei Yisrael conquered, although originally a city of Moab and therefore should not be allowed to be conquered by Bnei Yisrael, nevertheless was because it was uh, captured by Sichon, he battled the first king of Moab and he captured Cheshbon. And he took all of the land of the um, king of, of, of the Emori, um, uh, he, he took miyado from his hand. Says the Gemara in Daphne involved. That can't mean he took it from his hand. Literally, you don't hold the you don't hold land in your hand. It means mirshuto, and that's how Rashi translates it in the pasuk. Clearly, therefore, yad means he took it from his control. So yad means control, and yad is a limb. It means a hand. That being the case, the question is, what does it mean in the pasuk when it says, and he shall give her a get v'natan biyada. He should put the get under her control or he should hand the get into her hand. He should transact and give her the get into her hand. Says our Mishnah, If you merely throw a get to a woman, to her yard, to her property, you throw it over the fence. And she's standing there. We learn further on the Gemara, she doesn't have to be standing there, but it needs to be a yard over which she has control. 
And if you throw it into her yard, you've given it into her control. You haven't given it into her hand. And therefore, we see from here the Mishnah's learning Yad, not literally as hand, but learning Yad as giving, putting it under her control. Ask the Gemara Minahanimili, where do we know from? That, that you can learn, you can read Yad that way. Because the Gemara says for in Bavamatia Dafnon Vov, Kol Yado Yado Mamashu, is every time it says Yad, do we take it literally? And the Gemara comes to the conclusion, yes, it's always literal, Vashani Hatam, except in the case there of Cheshbon uh, is Sichon. There we translate it not literally because it can't be literal. That must mean control. But if the word Yad appears in the Torah and, and you can translate it literally, you do translate it literally. Uh, so ask the Gemara, how do we know therefore here that V'chatav la'sefer kitut v'natan biyada doesn't mean literally in her hand. We certainly can explain it literally. Why wouldn't we explain it literally? Does it mean only her hand or can you give it into a chatzer? It says venatan. doesn't have to be biyada, but it does say it says venatan biyada. What does the Gemara mean? What does the, 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 the Sifri mean when it says You just have to give it to her. It doesn't matter where you give it to her. How does that work? Explains Rashi, a very difficult Rashi. This is, as, as you'll see, so you can learn this word um, on its own as linking to the earlier part of the Posuk. And you can put the comma after the Venatan. Why? Because if it really meant Venatan you have to give it into her hand. If Yada is meant to be taken literally and not meant to mean her control, then says Rashi, it should say, and into her hand he should put it. And since it doesn't say that, that implies just any giving. As the Gemara explains in Omud Beis, and therefore Yada means her control. It doesn't mean her hand. If it meant her hand, it would it would say into her hand. He should give it. That's how you emphasize in Loshan Hakodesh. You don't underline. You don't even have punctuation. How do you emphasize? You emphasize by order of, of the words. You can't do that in English. You can't mess with the order of the words. It doesn't sound, doesn't sound natural. But in Hebrew, you can move the words around. And by placing uh, the noun before the verb, you are emphasizing the noun. says, says Rashi. Rashi says a similar thing in, in Bava Metzir on Daf Yud. Because So that allows you to say it. Biyada comes to teach you something else. What does Biyada teach you? You've got to give, give it, put it under her control. Like the, like the Yad used within the, in Parshas Chukas. It doesn't mean literally. And the reason it doesn't mean literal, because if it meant literal, says Rashi, it would say, Uviyada Yitnena. Yitnena. The Ramban asks the question, the Rashbo asks the question, the Ritvo asks the question, the Ran asks the question. The Ramban kicks it off, and then all the Talmud, the Ramban, the, 
ultimate Talmudian, the, the school of the Ramban, all follow the question, what is Rashi talking about? What difference does it make if it's in a Be'adah Netana or Be'atan Be'adah? There's not an extra word, you know. Where do we have such a drush that you can learn from the fact that the order is not different? You learn from an extra word. You learn from an extra phrase. You learn from... From Xer Shova, there are things that you learn from. You don't learn from the fact that it's not, not in that particular order. Says the, um, the Chidushi Harim. The Chidushi Harim was the first Geira Rebbe. So when the order the Hasidus started in the 18th century, and a little earlier even, and uh, eventually it got to Rebsim Chabunim of Pshischa, was the the father of, of, uh, of modern Hasidus, and uh, after him was the Kotzke Rebbe. Kotzke Rebbe, was Reb Simcha Bunim, was a very soft person, very human person, very sensitive person. The Kotzke was very tough, uh, real Bal Musa, very, very, very hard on his Talmudim. And then, the, the, then after the, the Kotzke, it started separating into the different Hasidus, the, the Sochachos, the, the Geira was one of them. And the Chidusha Harim became the first leader of the Geir Hasidim. And he's reputed to have said, the Rabsim Chabunim led you with love. And, Reb, uh, and the Kotzke led you with, with Gvura, with, with toughness. I'm going to lead you with Torah. And the, and the Chidusha Harim is an important, an incredibly important Posek and, uh, and Mefarish of the Gemara, and it's as I've emphasized so often, there's no difference between Hasidim and non-Hasidim when it comes to explaining the Gemara, as long as they are Talmudists, as long as their methodology is pure Talmudic thinking. The fact that they are also Mekubalim, and that they learn Kabbalah and teach Kabbalah and, 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 and they use Kabbalah, that's fine, that's, that's, their, that's their way. But when you're learning Gemara, whether it's the Kiddush Arim, or it's the Sfas Emes, or it's the Chaim Briske, it doesn't matter. The methodology is all very pure. There's no Kabbalah in trying to understand the Gemara. The Gemara is, is pure using Talmudic logic, and the Kiddush Arim was a master Talmudist. And the Kiddush Arim says that what Rashi is commenting on here is, is this phrase a Loshan Tzivui? Or is it like a sipur dvarim? Is the Torah telling us that you've got to do it this way? Or you may do it this way? If it's, if it's a tzivui, it should say, as Rashi says, uviyado yitnena, you must put it into a hand. So it's not the order of the words Rashi's talking about. It's the meaning of the words. By saying venatan biyada, it's unclear because that vav in Hebrew, we've got a vav hipuch. A vav can change the tense in the Torah. So if it's written in the future tense, the vav can make it past tense. If it's written in the past tense, the vav can make it future tense. Venatan be'ya. Natan be'yada is past tense. So what does venatan be'yada mean? Does it mean, and he put it in her hand? Or in other words, and if he puts it in her hand, v'shilchan bi'beto, he divorces her. Is it an if? Is it a past tense? Or is it venatan? He will put it in her hand? And it's a bit ambiguous. If you didn't want to be ambiguous, if it has to be in her hand, there's no other way for it to work. You've got to use a different tense. You've got to say, Uviyado yitnen, uviyada yitneno. He shall put it in her. He shall put it in her hand. Then there's no ambiguity. By the fact that it's written, Venatan biyada, there's ambiguity. This might not be a requirement. In other words, and he put it in her, in her hand, and so she's divorced. And what happens if he didn't put it in her hand? So why say biyada? Why not just say venatan la? And he gave it to her. No, because from biyada we learned you've got to put it under her control. 
because yad has another meaning. It doesn't have to be literally in her hand. It can mean a, a second meaning. You should put it into un, under her control. And we see that idea of control on Omud Bayes, where the Gemara says that, that what does Yada teach us? That it's got to be a chatzer hamishtameret leda'ata. It's got to be placed in a chatzer where she has control over it. And Rashi says, This this yard in which the get is has to be something over which she has authority. She can issue instructions. That's what it's about authority because that's what Yad means in its second meaning. And there's a beautiful Meshechochma in Pashtki Tetzir, Meir Simcha of Dvinsk, who wrote the Or Samach on the Rambam, and he wrote the, he died just 10 years before the war, and he wrote the Meshechochma on the Chumash. And his PR agent, he had a PR agent, his PR agent, he had a branding expert, Grant, you're not the first one, Or Samach had a branding expert. His branding expert was his father. And his father said, the Meshechochma is a greater work than the Or Samach. But his father said to him, don't publish the Meshechochma first, because your brand will be, you're a Chumash guy. You, you, you give droshes on Chumash. Write on the Rambam first. Write on Shas first. Be branded as the Or Sameach. And the Meshechochma, that, that comes afterwards. Although he wrote the Meshechochma first, he branded himself around the Or Sameach. He's known as the Or Sameach, and the, But in the Meshechochma, he says, there's a beautiful thing where he talks about the difference between Le'yada and Vedayatan Be'yada. If it's forced, if it's by force, so you're just giving somebody something, they're not participating in the transaction, then you say Vedayatan Le'yada, put it into her hand. That's what it should have said. In the case of a divorce, a woman, Midoraisa, doesn't have a say. So it should say, Venatan liyada. But it doesn't. It says, Venatan biyada. Why does it say biyada if, if she has no control? Explains Rabbi Simcha because it comes to teach us that it's got to be, she does have control. She doesn't have control in receiving the get. But once she's got the get, it's under her control. It says, why is all this so important? Why does the get have to be biyada? If biyada meant in her hand proper, I understand. But we've learned in our sugya and the way the Chidush Rim understands and the Meshechochma brings beautifully, it's worth reading through this Meshechochma properly in the source sheet or in the original. The, um, it, to say that it must be under her control, why is it so important that the get must be under her control? Because it's giving her control over herself. That sense of control is what you're giving her. You're giving her freedom. You're giving her independence. It's not all about loss and sadness. There's also a gifting in separation. When you fire an employee, how many managers have told me it always works out better for the employee and for the business. Ultimately, they find a better fit and we find a better fit. It always works out that way. You're actually letting somebody go from something that's holding them back. People are afraid to leave a situation. They're afraid to leave a marriage. They're afraid to leave a job. They're afraid to leave a country and emigrate. There's fear involved. And when you force somebody to do that, there isn't gifting in that as well. There's, a, there's an element of gifting, even in all the galuyot that we've had, the t- with terrible suffering, but we talked on tissue over the fact, look at it, it opened up all the... All the Torah that we've learned, all the terrible tragedies of Tishabov, opened all the Torah that was developed in Europe and North Africa and Spain, all came as a result of Tishabov. There's also a certain liberation that comes out of separation. And we've got to give her the get in a way where she understands, this is now mine. 
This get is mine. It's something I can be proud of. This get is my license to freedom. I can remarry. I can remain unmarried. I, I have a, new, a chance of a new beginning, she, she's able to say to herself. So you've got to put it under her control. And whenever we cause separation, whether it's in a divorce or it's in the need to let somebody go from a position that they've occupied, very important to give them a sense of empowerment and control over their future. I'm not just taking something away from you. Yes, there is that. But I'm also giving you an opportunity, an opportunity to redefine yourself, to redevelop yourself, to rebuild yourself in a different space and, and, and in a different way. That's Venatan Beyada. Give her the get in a way which provides control for her over her own life and over her own destiny. 